Hello, my name is Matthew Philbrick, host of The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. Welcome to this episode of The Real Game. It's a pleasure to be back on today. Hope everybody's having a great day today. It's a beautiful Sunday, uh, sunny afternoon here in southeastern Pennsylvania. I have a very special guest on with me today. Uh, maybe you can remember the episode I did with my brother, Mark, back in, uh, I think it was early January. It was one of the first episodes that I recorded. And uh, if you remember from that episode, my my brother lives up in Maine. He's a basketball official there. He's been doing it for quite a while. So I talked to him, and it was it was good to talk to him, kind of about that aspect of of the game of basketball. And and he's a great official, and he he's referred to in uh, multiple conversations that I've had with him about uh, this podcast that he listened to called the Crown Refs Podcast. And he said, "Hey, Matt, you ought to check this out. It's a real good podcast." And and uh, so I listened to a few episodes and and he said, hey, you know, if if, uh, if you talk to Paul, I bet he'd, he'd come on your show and come on your podcast sometime. And and uh, so I did. I reached out to Paul and uh, Paul Diaspera is on with me today. Paul, it's good to have you. You are a basketball official. You have been for quite a long time. We'll get into that in just a second. You also um, you also do the Crown Rest podcast, which I've listened to quite a bit and enjoy listening to. It's good to have you on here today. How are you? I'm doing super well. I really appreciate that warm welcome. I really enjoyed uh, listening to your story and uh, and the connection with uh, Mark. You know, made it an easy, um, you know, collaboration for me. So happy to be here with you today. Yeah, definitely. So, are you a family guy, Paul? Oh, I'm a big time family man. I have two kids, five. Uh, my daughter's five. My son is one. Um, I took them to basketball practice today. My daughter's basketball practice. So <laughs> in the city. So my wife came and it was just a great, great day. And just love the way uh, my son smiles at me and I'm just madly in love with my daughter awesome. and my wife, of course. So yeah. 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 Big time I, had, family I had three sons before I had my daughter and there's just something about that little girl that can you know, she's 20 now, but she can still melt me just the way that she looks at me and pretty much get whatever she wants. So uh, it's just the way that it is. But I, I enjoy I enjoy listening to you, to your podcast and I uh, enjoy listening to you talk about your family. And uh, I respect the fact that you're a family guy and that's a priority for you. And uh, listen, give us give us a little bird's eye view of your officiating journey, kind of where you started out as a ref and what you're doing now. Um just tell us a little bit about that, just so we can have a little bit of context here in our conversation as we move forward. Sure. So um, I'm a former basketball player. I played in high school, played a little college basketball. Um, my dad was a coach. You know, my brother was a Division One player and is a you know tremendous coach now to this day. Started actually Crown Basketball. Um, but my mother, you know, when I was about 34 years old and I was still searching to, for a full-time occupation, although I had teaching lined up, I wasn't full-time yet, but I was, you know, searching for other opportunities and another, another job. Right. So, um, my mother was an athletic director at, at uh, my former high school. So she was always speaking to officials, 
I, I take it back. My mother was the secretary to the athletic director. So she was always confirming games, speaking with mm-hmm. officials. So she was part of the officiating culture. And she okay. gave me the idea. Uh, she gave me the idea to take the class. So I took the class in 2011, started uh, refing a lot of games in 2012. Um, you know, it's a really perfect combination, I think, for me with teaching you know, the hours with teaching and then being able to work around that uh, on the basketball court and a couple other sports as well. I do a girls lacrosse and field hockey, but basketball is number one and and not even close. So super passionate about that. Um, You know, worked my way up uh, high school and and into college and currently uh, still working college, NCAA men's division two, division three junior college and uh, the high schools in my area and uh, actually i'm just getting home from a men's league game right now there's i did four men's league games so uh, a couple of them are pretty tough you always um <laughs> you know there's challenges in the men's league game there's there's a lot of great things that that a lot of great growth opportunities i think you can take from mm-hmm. reffing in that environment and dealing with those personalities and learning how to really de-escalate and they put you in, they put a lot of pressure on you. And so that, that's great, but you don't want to form those bad habits, um, sure. not working in that. Cause the, cause the rules and, and the environment of the, of the game kind of gets out of hand sometimes. So, sure. um, yeah, right now just, um, you know, reffing at those levels and uh, super passionate still to this day, I think I'm 12, uh, 11th year in and I uh, love it. Awesome. Awesome. I love hearing about that journey, different people's journeys and and how they've gotten to where they are now. And um, it's fun to hear. And I'm, I'm equally as, as passionate about the coaching side. Um, I've been coaching for 25 years or so, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. So I always, always love the different dynamics of the game of basketball, whether it's the refs and the coaches or, you know, refs and players, coaches and players. So uh, happy to have you on here today. So I'm going to dive right into some questions with you. I've heard you in your podcast refer to uh, the roles of the game or different roles within the game. Explain to us a little bit about what that means, who those people are, and what those roles are. Yeah, so a gentleman had reached out to me, I think, from the Midwest, and he was a, uh, I believe he was athletic director. He is an athletic director. And he sends this welcome email <clears throat> out to his entire Sports community, parents, okay. coaches, uh, players, they all get this email. And it, it really does a great job defining the roles of the game. It's very basic and elementary, but I think it's foundational and it, and it's <clears throat> it works across all levels. So we have the players. Obviously, their job is to, to play hard, play hard for their team through the ups and downs of the game and just focus on on doing the best job they can as a player. Mm-hmm. There's the, the 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 coaches whose job is to um, be a positive leader for their players and support their team, just coach their team. There's the uh, officials whose job is to maintain safety and fairness and do their best job to be as accurate as possible uh, throughout the game, uh, serving the game. And then there's the spectators whose job is to be a positive, uh, to be positive for their team. It doesn't say anything about booing the other team or, you know, talking trash to the other team. It just speaks only about support, right? Mm-hmm. A, sure. a positive voice for your team, which they have every right to be a positive voice and cheer on their team. So those are the very simplistic 
roles of the game. I think the the issue is a lot of times people forget their roles in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, players and coaches uh, mainly, right? I think if you're arguing a call, you're you're in that moment, you're actually forgetting your role in the game. Same thing with players. So um, I use that. I use that also as as kind of responses sometimes uh, for the coaches because I think it uh, sets a good good um, precedent for respect for the game. And it's also just, I think, a healthy reminder. Like, hey, let's just focus back on our roles in the game. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just focus on getting the calls right and you just focus on coaching your team. Does that work? Yeah, no, that's, that's so, perfect. Um, like you said, it's, yeah. it, is, it is simple. But it's something that we forget a lot as coaches or spectators or players, um, what our role actually is. And it's good to have that reminder, you know, hey, here's your role. Live within that role. Um, do your job within that role and don't forget what your role is. Um, I think that's a great reminder. And I love hearing that from you. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm sure you've seen all kinds of behavior from coaches, like good and bad and ugly, right? Um, I myself am, I'm, I'm a pretty intense coach when I coach, not, not towards the officials necessarily, but like I, I get into the game and and I'm passionate about coaching. So how could coaches maintain a level of professionalism towards officials yet be passionate about coaching at the same time? You know what? I think uh, sometimes, you know, they, they use passionate or I'm, I'm energetic or I'm just emotional as sometimes an excuse for sure. unsportsmanlike conduct. Mm-hmm. So that's the um, the understanding. We're all passionate. You don't have to prove that you're passionate, right? We're, and we all love it. So let's just um, trust each other that we all are here and we, we all love it. And honestly, the best advice I can give a coach, and I, and I hope you agree, of course, there we want to have professional communication. And if there's any questions that you have, maybe more importantly, administratively, um, you have every right to ask. But I think the less we communicate, the 100% better it is for the game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really no reason to be talking to, to the refs. There's yeah. no reason for the refs to be talking to the coaches. Yeah. I, you, you can't tell me that there that it's better for the game that you you can focus on coaching but still uh have efficient questions or vice versa for me you know or for players so um yeah. I, I would say the yeah go, go ahead. ahead go ahead no that that was the point i was just yeah. trying to make that of course we want to be respectful when we do communicate but the less we have to communicate i think the better it is for both of us excelling in our roles in the game yeah, and I think I think that's a great point. I I have made the comment uh, even recently to people that when it comes to basketball games, the the less memorable the officials to me, the better. Like I I don't need to remember an official for making good calls or bad calls. I mean, I view officials as they come in, they do their job, they respect the game, uh, and if I don't really remember the refs after a game, that's fine. Like. Uh, if if a if a ref sticks out to me, it's probably for something that happened that maybe shouldn't have happened in the course of the game, or um, you know, I'm not in the habit of going after officials or anything like that. So to me, the less memorable, the better, and I think that means that everybody's just doing their jobs. 
yeah, I've gotten that feedback a lot. You know, um, either official, either people are going to walk away saying the rest did a bad job, or they're going to walk away saying, "Oh, I don't even remember them." And when somebody exactly. when somebody does bring up an official, they'll be like, "Oh, I, I wasn't even paying attention to them." They <laughs> never say, "Oh my God, they did a, an amazing <laughs> job tonight." But yep. but at the same time, it's very hard for us to do an amazing job. Like we just have to be solid and accurate and you never walk away saying like, Oh my God, you were, you were phenomenal tonight. Like you would a player who just dropped 48. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. we don't have that, 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 that ceiling, but that's not our role in the game. Right. Right. Exactly. So you mentioned a second ago, you know, there, there are, there aren't too many reasons why coaches and officials should communicate. Oh, every once in a while, I would have a question for an official, you know, maybe, um, maybe something happened in, in the first half and I want to be able to explain to my player, Hey, here's why the ref called it that way. So I might ask, you know, respectably, why did you make that call? Or can you explain this call to me? So to me, to me, it's important if an official is approachable during the course of the game, if there is a question that comes up, um, how important is it to you that a coach reciprocates that to you? So if you have an issue with a coach, how important is it to you that a coach be approachable and have that, you know, open communication with you as an official? Well, what you mentioned um, about trying to fact find information from the referee to then go back and use that information to coach your team for good use. We're always going to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. That is that is respectful communication. And I want to bring you that information. The question is like, is your intent good? Is your intent really to do that? If so, no problem. Excuse me, a hundred percent. We're going to do that. A lot of other times it's, it's not for that. It's for the sure. coach to basically either question the call or share their disagreeable opinion. So there's a big difference. And this is a concept I have, and I teach it to my mentor group. Um, it's called asking a question versus questioning a call okay so what you laid out that first example that was asking a question a legit question mm -hmm. the example that i gave you was the coach coming to question the call basically you're not you don't have a question you're you're giving um your disagreeable opinion in question form that's yeah. and and i'm going to respond differently to that sure yeah that's yeah, going to be more of a game management discussion with the coach mm -hmm. versus me giving up my play calling, you know, and decision making kind of mindset there. Yeah. Yeah. Let me bring you a real life example of something that happened to me a few weeks back. My season's over, but this was while the season was still going on. I, I was coaching a game and uh, the ref ran by, he ran by the bench and he stopped and he said to me, you need to get your bench under control. Um, and I don't want to hear from them again. And I said, and, and at that point, um, I looked down at my bench and I hadn't really heard much coming from the bench. I mean, I'm pretty engaged in the game at that point. I looked down at the bench. I said, what's going on, guys? Like, is one of you mouthing off to the ref? Or, and they know that for me, that's out of bounds. So I, I asked the ref a little bit later. I think I asked him going into the locker room at halftime. I said, can you let me know what happened on the bench there? Because I need to address that with my guys. He said, no. He said, all you need to know is unsportsmanlike. I said, okay, 
but just let me know were they were they talking to you? Were they questioning your call? Um, nope, nope. It was just unsportsmanlike. So at that point, I didn't feel like there was much communication going on between him and myself. How would you handle that situation? Like, was I out of bounds there to approach him and ask him about that? Or could he have been a little more engaging in terms of, yeah, hey, coach, here's what I heard. Um, you know, here's what needs to be addressed with your team. Yeah, I think I think you have every right to go ask in that situation. That's a good um, good question to ask because, again, you're trying to prevent it from happening again. So you right, honestly right. wanted to know. You just – I don't know your approach. I don't know how it looked. I don't know mm-hmm. how you communicated. I don't know your tone and tenor and all of those things that go into it, yeah, that go sure. into the communication and the, and the encounter. But it sounds Absolutely. like you're very respectful and you're just asking a question. This official, and I love that we're leaving him nameless, um, just didn't get to any specifics. And he just gave you a very general answer, which didn't answer any of the questions you would have liked to have heard. Uh, you know, he's shouting at, you know, number seven is shouting and one the last three times down. Or mm-hmm. your players are standing up too much or or whatever. Just any kind of situation that that could give you a little bit more clarity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you would have liked uh, the the official to be a little bit more thorough. But once I would have heard in your situation, give him give me the same response twice. I would have just been like, all right, you know, and get back to back to it because it didn't sound like he was going to give you anything there. Yeah. 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 I I, uh, I went back into the locker room and I talked to the guys and I came I came back out after uh, before the second half started. And I just approached the official. I said, I'm not sure what the guy said. But I did talk to the guys, and uh, there won't be any problems in the second half. And uh, he he basically he was fine. He said, "Yep, that's all I wanted to hear." So moving forward, everything seemed fine in the second half. We didn't have any more issues with the bench. Um, I'm still unclear as to what happened, but you know it wasn't an issue. So case closed. You moved on respectfully. That's yeah. that's per- that's perfect. Yeah. So um, Moving on with my questions here, I always try to respond to officials in a positive way, even if I disagree with the call. Um, as a ref, how do you respond to a coach who feels like you just plain got that call wrong and he's going to let you know? Uh, it just all depends on how that's going to sound. Yeah. To be honest with you, every as far as my communication style, I'm I'm encounter by encounter. One at a time, one conversation at a time. I like to get very specific and very contextual to that encounter. So give me an example of what the coach said, and I'll give you maybe an example of how I would respond to that. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, I don't know, in basketball, like pull out, you know, I I guess taking a charge is a big thing. Like, you know, a lot of coaches feel like maybe my guy was in position, took the charge. The official felt differently. You know, and the ref comes at you and says, hey, my guy was my guy was standing there for five minutes and you called a block on him. What's going on? You know, so that's that's probably something that happens a lot. Yeah. So just depend how they said it. If they didn't say it disrespectfully, then I would try to get to the question. And I I always get to the specifics. Coach, do you have a specific play that you want to talk about? Talk to me. You know, share what share your thoughts. Yeah, you sure. got to give me more. You got to give me a little bit more information there. Um, that you know, that's kind of what my mindset th- there would be. But um, I'm always, you know, I give the. I don't. I don't allow too much disrespect. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I really, I think, um, uphold the respect for the game. I, uh, I know what to ignore, but I know what's unsportsmanlike too. 
And, you know, our job as an official, a lot of times it's to deescalate and, and be proactive in that sense and diffuse, right? So you got to have those qualities, but you also got to know when, when the line is being crossed and you also sure. have to do a good, good job communicating exactly what the line is. Right. So that right. can come in the form of coach. I'm very approachable. If you have a question, but please don't shout at me from across the court. That's not a professional way to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, and you, you've already mentioned a few things uh, throughout our conversation here today, but what are some ways, Paul, that you and I, I as a coach, you as a ref, can serve the game of basketball well together? Well, we're doing it now. Right. Good. We're doing it now for sure. Um the more knowledge I think coaches have of officiating of, of the rules, mm -hmm. I think is going to play a big part. The, the, the learning gap is, it gets, gets much less as, as your knowledge goes up, then you don't question as much. Then you can focus on your role in the game, right? right, right. Officials have to, have to get better and, and be more accountable and, and do a, just a better job. I think overall year round, um, just being accurate and mm -hmm. and being being professional and being in shape and all the things that constitute uh, being a good official. But what can we do? We can continue to have respectful dialogue as, as the coach to ref and continue to respect each other and hear each other out. And you know, I think content like this can 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 help out. You know how. 10 years ago, would a coach and a ref be doing a podcast about <laughs> communication? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're on the, we're on the right track here. Uh, that's, that's what I'm just trying to do is, is produce a high volume of uh, the right content. That's going to impact the most mm -hmm. both uh, officials, coaches, players, fans. Uh, yeah, just... definitely. Yeah. I, I, I love the game of basketball. I respect the game. I have, probably more respect for the officials now than ever. Um, I've had multiple conversations with, um, and, you know, and coaching in the league that I coach in, I see a lot of the same refs over and over again, sometimes at my school, uh, at other schools, I see the same guys or, or ladies coaching or refing. And it seems like, uh, and I don't know, you can maybe speak into this a little bit. There's, there's a little bit of a shortage of officials or there aren't as many guys or, women that want to officiate now um and the, the people that are doing it are working a lot they're working hard they're doing a lot of games because there just doesn't seem to be a lot of interest in younger people coming up through that want to officiate so do you find that to be true it's fact you know there's been numerous surveys of, of the last few years about that but yeah 70 percent, i think or 80 percent of new officials quit after three years mm. and it's due to physical and verbal abuse from coaches and parents so it's a very difficult job and and it's a very negative culture i think overall or at least the the negatives kind of can outshine the positives because it could get dark, mm -hmm. you know, and like the things you see as, as an official and the things you hear, um, you have to have very thick skin, but at some point we just have to be kinder. I think we yeah. have to be more, have a more emotional intelligence, players, coaches, officials, fans. We just have to get smarter 
the, the, the smarter we get, the better the game gets. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to impact the game. If I can impact coaches that mm-hmm. hear my game management style, it can impact them on the other end of that on what, how to speak to a coach, when, or excuse me, how to speak to a ref. When is the best time to speak to a ref? Sure. Good questions to ask, what to not focus on. So um, those are some mm-hmm. of my thoughts there. Yeah, no, that's what great. Think? I, I think that's awesome. And I think um, one way that you're doing that is through your podcast. And um, tell me a little bit about your podcast, like who you're reaching out to, what are some things you're doing to train officials and things like that. On the podcast, we have uh, 316 episodes. We started in 2018. Awesome. So we've been doing it four and a half years now. We've worked with a lot of great officials um, on all levels, you know, from the NBA all, all the way down. Um, currently, we have a, uh, the best part of Crown Ref, in my opinion, is the uh, mentor program and community that we have of officials, the one that your brother is in, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um where we have 250 refs from around the country that all empower, support, train, and develop one another. It's a year-round program, kind of like a gym membership for okay. referees and for people that appreciate my content and, and want to work with me because those are the people that I, that I want to bring into this officiating mm-hmm. family that we have right now. So that's been the funnest part about uh, the last two years for me is working with this community and getting to coach a lot more and do a lot of one-to-one coaching, um, doing small group settings, um, large groups. So it's given me great experience and definitely elevated my game. And it's allowed me to go deeper and really develop relationships with the people from the community, from the people that have supported supported me. And, you know, uh, those are the people I want to support. No, that's great. That's great. I I love the work that you're doing. And the more that I listen to it, the more that I enjoy it. Um, and now that I've met you and talked to you face to face a little bit, it brings kind of a personal, you know, touch to it. So I'm I'm looking forward to listening to more episodes. So listen, a couple more things before we wrap up. This is just for fun, okay? Um, sure. I don't watch that much NBA basketball. Just I just don't like it that much. Uh, kind of stop at the college level. Watch a lot of college basketball. So every once in a while, I peek into an NBA game. What in the world is a travel now in the NBA? Like the last time I watched an NBA game, I swear guys were taking four and five steps and the refs weren't even raising their whistles to their mouths. So what's going on with that? Well, I'm not a pro official, so I can't. And I don't speak for the NBA refs, but um, (laughs) a lot of people are unaware that there's a different rule in the NBA with regards to traveling, with regards to traveling and the zero step. And a lot of onlookers and spectators want to apply the high school rule to mm-hmm. the NBA game. And then right. it infuriates them when, <laughs> when they don't see it called the same way when yeah. they're actually unaware of the rules. <laughs> so that's the number one right there okay. yep. is increasing knowledge. Um, of course, we've seen uh, some pretty viral videos of uh, players taking multiple <laughs> steps and more than three steps for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's listen, it's one of the most missed calls universally on all levels. I think. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and it, NBA is a little bit different of an animal. It's, a, it's, it's the humongous business, right? So we yeah, want to sure. see highlights. We, we want to see offense. We want to see entertainment. Yeah. 
So, so that's what, that's what we're going to get at the, at the um, expense of some, some missed calls sometimes, yeah. you know, that, that a lot of the, a lot of the travels too, or they happen way away from the basket or as a ball handlers bringing it up and no one's guarding him. So yeah, yeah, yeah I just, <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's true. It's good to hear your perspective on that. It's funny to me, actually, I, I, I could care less if they travel or not. Like I said, I, don't watch NBA basketball that much, but uh, it's something that uh, that we talk about sometimes with coaches or even players. Sometimes some of my high school guys will bring it up here and there, and and I'm like, well, this isn't the NBA, you know. You can't take three or four steps here. You gotta gotta play within the confines of of the high school rules. So that's a really good point. Listen, Paul, I I appreciate you coming on today. I like I said, I enjoy your podcast. Anybody that wants to listen to that, it is the Crown Refs podcast. Uh, look that up. You can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, keep up the good work. I think you brought up a lot of good stuff today. Uh, I love what you're doing. I love the 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 point you made about building relationships and the officiating community and mentoring guys. Um, I hope to be able to do the same thing with coaches. And uh, that's my goal for this podcast. I appreciate you coming on and maybe we can connect again sometime soon. I appreciate the time. I had a great time with you here. And if you ever want me to speak with your team, maybe during a preseason, I'd be happy to do a Zoom with you there and yeah. talk to your players. That'd be a different setting for me, but I think I could definitely give you guys some value. And it seems like you'd be on, on par with that. So no, I appreciate your time and, and thanks for having me. Yep, that would be awesome. Thanks, Paul. Have a great day. You too. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Real Game. Today, I'd like to leave you with this funny but fitting quote by Major League umpire Doug Harvey. Doug Harvey was an umpire at Major League Baseball who worked in the National League from 1962 to 1992. Noted for his authoritative command of baseball, he was among the last Major League umpires who never attended an umpiring school. The quote is this, when I am right, no one remembers. When I am wrong, no one forgets. So good luck, coaches, and coach on.